Joss, babe, how's it going? Just checking in on you. Making sure you're still lying low. Staying off uh, press, social media. Actually, I decided to do an interview with Vulture. You... You did what? It's time everyone hears my side of the story. I told him about how that cyborg fella is a bad actor. And slightly darker Natasha is full of shit and talks funny. That's... That's not good. That's not good at all. Sure it is. Even through that, Zack Snyder misogynist in there for turning them against me. When's the article come out? This Monday. Monday? This Monday? It's MLK Day. MLK Day! What's MLK? Martin Luther King. You know, Martin Luther King. I have a dream. Civil rights. Kind of a very important black figure. Never heard of him. Did he also play basketball? Oh, dear God, Joss, I beg you. I beg you. No, it's time people realize I'm the victim here. Monday's going to be a good day. This is fine. I believe Joss Whedon. Well, hello, everybody. Whoa, there we go. There it is. What's happening, everybody? All right. <sighs> Buckle in, folks. This will be a good one, huh? You know, we got plenty to talk about today, I would say. Jesus, what is happening? Welcome to Film Junkie Live, January 7th. Happy Martin Luther King Day, by the way. You know, it is, uh, it is that day where we, uh, you know, we honor that man. Yeah, some people, I don't think, uh, anyway, so, yeah, welcome everybody. <laughs> How's everybody doing? What is happening? Who's out there? You guys are all having fun already? Oh, what's going on? Yes, we got Mattia, wow, wow, we got people laughing, oh, like an opening sketch, good. Fourth, good to see ya. Legend, yes, is also here, boop, boop, boop. Yep, we got Andres saying, boy, got one yeah, thank you there. Thank you. Appreciate that, Christian. Oh, you know, you have to add Jody. You have to add Jody. You have to do that. Of course, you got to put them in. You got to put them in here. <laughs> uh, what's going on? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jose. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, I love you too, Accuracy. Got Mama Film Junkie here. Good to see you. Let's get nuts. Oh, yeah, you know it. You know, I'll be, you know, it's Monday, so I got my Monday wine right here. And gonna need it today for sure. Spill it. Jeez. But cheers, anybody else who has something right there. Uh, thank you, Ben. Good to see you, buddy. All right, we got George here, or Jorge, I should say. Hello, Miss Rosemary. Always good to see ya. Uh, uh, no, that was, I've been prepping that since about three hours ago. <laughs> cheers, Martin Luther King. That's right. Right. All right. Ah, oh, there's Miss Cat right here. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yes. Then <laughs> you're. It's kind of husky. Well, I mean, you hear him talk. You know, you just gotta. That's kind of. He has a very low tone, and then you gotta just add a little bit more. 
silliness to it because he's a silly guy. Happy MLK Day. Yeah, what's going on, Tim? Good to see you. Oh, we got a lot of people up in here. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that there, Mr. David Hummingbird. Yeah, what's going on, Reyes? Good to see you. He's a new joker. <laughs> nice. All right, we got Medrin, uh, whatever. Hello, how's it going? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. All right, thanks for being a reasonable. I try to be. Try to be. Some people think I'm not, but you know, it's whatever. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Good to see you, Patton. Yes, it has been a while. Fresh cut. Yes, nice and uh, you know, got a haircut on Friday, so nice and uh, trimmed up. You know, got it nice and short on the sides. That's for sure. So uh, sounds a little. Eh, casual Batman's a little more growly. You know, this one's not so growly. So I wouldn't say that too much. Yeah, we're going to watch that whenever, I mean, it's going to, I mean, I got the game on right now, so, you know, whenever that shows up online, we'll watch it together live, so that'll be, we'll save that for last, because obviously we have this, uh, this uh, goofy, bald motherfucker to talk about, and of course we'll talk a little bit more about Batgirl, and then we'll talk about this handsome devil right here, Mr. Andrew Garfield, and then, uh, by that time, I think actually it's supposed to show up in about, a, I don't know, a little over a half an hour, 40 minutes, I think I saw 6.48 or something like that. My time. So that's when the Moon Knight trailer is going to be showing up. So, yeah, I'm not sure, you know, what it's why they chose that. I mean, I guess there's specific commercial time frames they have. I mean, but it is a live football game. Who knows? Um, you know, the Rams are currently winning right now. So there we go. Hey, Superior, three-month member. That's right. If you guys want to become a member too, hit that join button. That's for sure. Just do that. You know, adds a little bit more to the channel, a little bit more support, you know, or if you want to, of course, join the Patreon, that is there too. We got the Film Junkie Closet down below, all of that. We got Mr. Aaron Bailey. Good to see you, buddy. Always good to see you. Ah, uh, who was that? Oh, come on. That's Mr. Jody's Corner right there. Come on. I, I've had that drop. You know, I, I usually have that drop when I am uh, doing the vodka stream, so, but I had to incorporate into the opening sketch right there, so. Man, do we have a lot to talk about. Tell you what, it was kind of funny, too, because, yeah, I think some people caught wind that there was going to be something that was going to be talked about today, like some kind of puff piece or I don't know. I don't, see, that's what's so funny, though. It's it actually were, it, it's just funny. We'll talk about it, but, you know, we'll go over the article and uh, see what Mr. Joss Whedon has to say. You know, coming out of hiding and trying to clear up his name. Didn't really do a good job, did he? Didn't do a good job. That's for damn sure. So, anyways. Ah, but, yeah, thank you guys for uh, joining in, and uh, we'll have some fun today. Whoop, boop, boop. Yeah, we've got some Batgirl to talk about, all that stuff. And, yeah, if you're not watching this live, I'll chapter it out. If you want to just skip ahead, you can, because we're going to go to the tweets right now. We're going to go and see what was happening in the Twitter sphere, which, uh, you know, on Monday usually is a little bit longer than uh, than any other days. But, you know, we like we like roaming through the tweets. We like roaming through the tweets. And this time I'm doing it a little different. I'm going to go from... From uh, not, I'm not going to go my way down. I'm going to go up this time. Instead of going down, I'm going up. That's right. I said it just like that. Mm, I did. I did. I totally did. So, all right, here we go. So I'm going to start from uh, you know, basically, you know, a little bit of Friday and see what uh, see what was happening pretty much over the weekend because you know, I didn't tweet that much. I kind of disconnected over the weekend because I went out of town, which was great, fantastic. Got away, and uh, you know, uh, spent the night. 
in another part of uh, another town with a, a good bar scene, and it was a lot of fun. Watched some playoffs and everything like that. So, um, you know, Andrew Garfield, which we're going to be talking about, apparently he was saying that uh, he wants Tom Holland to host the Oscars. He's so charming, and he's such a showman. But remember what I said about that very notion. I think all three Spider-Men should host the Oscars. At least these two, Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland, we know they could sing. We know they can perform like that. Tobey Maguire, maybe not so much, but hey, he can make a cameo at least. But I think, if anything, we'd get these two at least, if you know, hosting the Oscars. I think that'd be pretty cool. And uh, it was uh, Dave Grohl's fiftieth, fifty third, I should say, fifty third birthday on Friday. So happy birthday to him! Of course, you know he's uh, he's awesome. He's amazing. He's a legend. He's everything. And this is him playing. You know, this is him playing some uh, drums for, you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit because he's awesome like that. So, guys, all that energy, I tell you what, man. 53 years old, still rocking it. We kind of talked about that on the Vodka stream. Me and uh, Steve G, we talked about our love for Dave Grohl and Nirvana and all that. Uh, Wakanda Forever has resumed production with Letitia Wright. I know there was, you know, there was all those, you know, scoops out there and news out there that they fired her, which didn't make any sense because anytime some of these people post things, they don't think logically, like, why would they, why would they fire essentially the star of this movie and restart all over again? I don't, yeah, it didn't make sense, but she started, you know, who knows? I don't know the whole details. Apparently she did get uh, the jab. So I think all's well and good. And I think they're all right. Or maybe they came up with an alternative thing where I don't know who knows, but Jesus Christ, it's getting freaking crazy when it comes to all that. The Santa Claus, this happened over the weekend. Apparently, there's going to be a sequel series on Disney Plus with Tim Allen coming back for the Santa Claus. Now, all right, cool. I absolutely love the first Santa Claus movie. It's one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies. The second one, it was okay. Third one, I didn't really like at all. So it's kind of interesting. And I honestly didn't think Tim Allen would come back for it. But, you know, Disney starts throwing that money at you. You can't say no. But it's like, does Tim Allen really need it? I don't know. But apparently this um, this story is going to be about, it's going to be about Scott Calvin basically going, hey, I'm getting a little too old now. I want to live a normal life, maybe. So that's what the whole series is going to be about. I, I don't know if I'm really, I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. But I don't know. The first one will always remain one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies. I thought it was unique and different and uh, a lot of, a lot of fun. Here's a here's a little cover right here of uh, little Battinson right there for you. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, and then, of course, uh, Scream over the weekend. Uh, well, this was Thursday night. Three point five million on Thursday. Of course, you guys saw my first reaction. I didn't do a full on review, but hey, you know, sometimes I just didn't, you know, just don't have time to do a full on review. So I apologize for not doing that. So uh, and then we got some uh, brand new uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League Steelbooks right here. That's going to be coming out, the Steelbook, uh, the Manta Lab exclusive Steelbook that you can get, or you can get a mother box, exclusive mother box, uh, the human mother box right here, which is cool. Look at that tin case right there. So badass. And then you have a, a Steelbook stand. Look at that with the, with the Justice League logo right there, all you know broken up with stone. And then you have the uh, Amazonian one, which is red, and it's, uh, it's got the tin case too, but it's got the little pins, which is cool. And then you got, of course, the Atlantean one, which uh, just has a flag. 
and uh, you know, also has a tin case. I don't know if I'm gonna get if I if I would get this one. I think you know uh, we'll see because it's pretty expensive. But if I'd get it, I'd, I'd get this one because I love that steelbook stand. I think the uh, the human version would be the one to get. So we'll see when those go out. There's gonna be a limited 500 sets each, so 1,500 steelbook sets right there. So gonna be interesting. Um, apparently, uh, Dylan O'Brien has followed Leslie Grace on social media. So a lot of people are, of course, assuming that he might be playing Dick. He might be Dick. Who knows? Who knows? You know, obviously, it's just a follow. Doesn't mean anything too much. But, you know, it could mean something. So and this is just adorable. Cuteness overload right here. Black girl magic hashtag uh, raise blue rose uh, photography. I saw this and I'm like, this is just come on. That's just precious with the, the you know, Right there, just shooting out of the cowl of the, uh, you know, the hair coming out right there. I mean, it just adds to it. I literally probably went, aw, when I saw that. It's just absolutely adorable. You got to love, like, you got to love cosplay like that that just gets that cuteness level way up there. So good on her. Good on her. Um, this is pretty cool right here, too. The Devil and the Bat by Foggy Knight 14. That's pretty badass right there. God, I would love that crossover, wouldn't it? We got uh, this poster right here for the Batman. Looks badass from Sport. What's his name? Uh, SP, whatever the heck, right there. Sport something monkey. I can never, yeah, I've seen his stuff plenty of times before. We have a drawing from Bruce Tim right here of Two Face. Really cool. Yes. And then, of course, before we actually got the Batgirl, uh, before we got the Batgirl costume reveal, of course, the director, like, hey, you want to see behind the scenes? And then he posted an old shot. Of Batgirl right there, which, you know, we love that classic costume, of course. Why not? This is pretty funny right here. I like this part in Star Wars where an ass was driving. <laughs> I laughed way too hard at this, guys. You don't you don't even know. When I saw this, I was laughing so hard at this. <laughs> because, yes, it looks like an ass. It looks like an ass. <laughs> From this angle, it looks like somebody is full-on bent over. I could not stop laughing at this image right here. Holy shit. It was just too good. Just too good. So, And then this is funny, too. Quentin Tarantino, bare feet. Come on. You know, you got to love the internet right here. Of course, you know, it's just too good. <laughs> it's not it's not somebody's ass. It was it's just the way those uh those certain species, they have those two big, uh, you know, whatchamacallit things. It does look like an ass. It's funny. This is pretty cool right here. Some good artwork of Bruce Wayne right there. Yes, we got. Oh, uh, look at this. Um, we got, of course, the cat and the bat right here from Batman Returns, which looks pretty damn cool. Little photo right there from the balcony. Little far shot. This is a cool little poster right here. I'm telling you, some people just come up with some really cool shit right here. And it's got all three Spider-Men right here. And it just, fuck, talk about it. Just an awesome poster right there. Gotta love that. And then speaking of Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, Winston Duke has reportedly been given a hefty raise when it comes to Black Panther 2. Yes, he'll be expanded role. I mean, if he takes over Black Panther, I think a lot of us would agree with that. But at the same time, you know, I mean, there's a lot of talk about recast T'Challa, and I think that they absolutely should do that. I mean, remember, Chadwick Boseman's brother, Chadwick Bo Bo Boseman's brother actually said that Chadwick would be okay with them 
recasting T'Challa to, to, to make the character live on. And a lot of people are talking about that lately. A lot of people. There's hashtag recast T'Challa. And instead of just making either Letitia Wright, who, you know, obviously there was controversial stuff with that, or making, of course, Winston Duke, the next Black Panther, it's like just recast the character. I mean, they can easily do that now, too, because now with all the multiverse stuff, you got variants out there, so they can actually do something with that, to be honest. So I... I'm saying that they should do it. I know it was always a little iffy at first after he passed away. Nobody really wanted to comment on that. But I think now people are just kind of going, yeah, just do it. Chadwick would have wanted that. His brother is saying that. It sounds like the family is okay with that. You have this multiverse stuff. You have variants. You might as well do it. So I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, obviously Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, whatever they do in there, they're not going to stop and just do something different, whether they made the Tisha Wright or Winston Duke Black Panther. I guess we'll see, but I think, honestly, they should just recast. They should. I've, uh, I think they should because I think um, the family, of the, the Bozeman family would totally be down for that. So good stuff. And this is horrible right here. This is in L.A., guys. Apparently uh, in Lincoln Heights. Yeah, this is what's happening right here. So when the when the train comes rolling through and stops, apparently there's a lot of thieves that come in here and just kind of, yeah, break into these uh these cargo uh you know just break into the cargo and start pulling out all this Amazon stuff and it's just trash everywhere. Yep, California, good old California for you right here. I mean that's just bad. COVID tests, stuff that people need, you know, EpiPens, all the stuff, just all kinds of stuff that is just scattered all over the place. Yep. That's right. Good old California. Fucking hell, man. I tell you, this place is slowly sinking into the Pacific Ocean. Okay? Slowly sinking in. I got to get out. This was funny right here. Not funny, Bruce. Come on. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Come on, Mustache Gate. I love this. It's fucking, fucking funny right there. Uh, that's totally funny, Bruce. Oh, can't show that. And then, of course, we had our official look at, uh, you know, hey, has the discourse gone down? Are we now okay with the Batgirl costume? Huh? 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 Now, you know, when it comes to the Batgirl costume, I mean, I'm not saying it's like, oh, it's the best costume ever, but I'm like, I'm okay with that. Burnside. Okay. I see where they're going for. It's very much homemade. She's going to get a second costume. 100% going to get that. Okay. Which is what happens all the time. That's why I always find it funny when people are like, this looks like pure ass. It sucks and whatever the hell. And I've had some really weird back and forth with people about the Batgirl costume, you know, like, uh, you know, because when we're talking about comic accuracy, I had somebody say it's it's not comic accuracy. And I'm like, how is it not comic accuracy? But that person was saying because they didn't like the leather they didn't like the leather uh, uh, material or something like that. And then I went, well, okay, but that's, but still, that's very much what happens in the story is the fact that she puts it together. You've actually seen artwork where she's, you could put the pieces together. That's what's so funny about this whole thing. This whole discourse is like when people are saying that it's not, when I had somebody that said it was not comic accuracy because they were talking about the material. And then I went, well, then technically none of the other costumes that we see are the same material that it is in the comic books. I mean, if you want to look at Batflex costume, yeah, it, when you look at it, oh my God, it's one of the most beautiful fucking costumes ever made. But if you wanted to get really, if you wanted to apply the whole thing about the material, it's not the same material that they use in the comic books. He's just wearing normal tights in the comic books. And as, as opposed to this special fabric that is bulletproof and all this stuff like that. I don't know. People 
All, all I wanted to say, and this is what I'll say about this, and hopefully this will be it when it comes to the Batgirl costume, is if you don't like it, fine! That's fine! You don't have to like it. Not everybody's going to like these costume reveals. But it's when you try to, like, add something and try to say the reason why you don't like it because there's a certain, you know, oh, because of this. Just say you don't like it because it just doesn't look that great. Okay, fine. But when you have people saying, like, the reason and they try to make a point of the reason and I'm like that doesn't make sense because then you can't you know and then you hear then you go like well you're biased that's why because okay you know and I'm just like you know what she's gonna get a new costume um it's whatever and you know it's gonna get better it's definitely gonna get better this is just the beginning right here I'm just curious how she made that cow though I am very curious about how she made the cow because that texture and the lines and stuff like that I think it's I think the cow's cool you know it's cool dig it it's whatever so it's whatever. We'll be fine. But yeah, there you go right there. I mean, straight out of there. Straight out of there. It's not going to be exact, but what can you do? Is that what people want right there? Do you want the uh, the lingerie-looking style? I mean, it's not a bad costume. I'm not going to lie, but, you know, so there was all that, of course. And then I remember I posted this right here, too, because uh, I remember seeing this a long time ago. A long time ago, I saw this. This is when we thought Jenna Malone was going to be playing Babs in Batman vs. Superman, and some artist made this. I don't know who it was, and if anybody knows who it was, by all means, uh, tell me who it was. But, I mean, it's, you know, this is a Batgirl costume that looks awesome, but, I mean, yeah, it's definitely made in the same vein of Batfleck right there, and I, I think that's pretty damn cool right there. So, you know, I mean, that, that at one point, maybe it could have been like that, but, hey, who knows, you know? This is a pretty cool shot right here of Cavill Superman. Good job. Artist Rudy, uh, Rudy A.O. right there. So, and then we got a little bit of uh, Moon Knight right there teased. So that's cool. This is pretty funny right here. The Witcher as a sitcom, a 90s sitcom. Uh, I want this in my house. Uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, look at that mural. My God, <laughs> that's some freaky shit. Is that, I mean, it's probably smaller than it actually looks. It looks huge, but it's probably pretty small. Um, so yeah. And then, yeah, speaking of Joss Whedon, yeah, you know, these shirts actually exist, right? Yeah. These shirts actually exist when it comes to Joss Whedon. Anybody want to get one of these shirts? Joss Whedon is my master now. Holy shit. After everything that's come out, you want to get this? Ugh. Gross. Gross. Can we get these, uh, Funko Pops? I would love that. This is just a concept. It's not going to really happen. This is from Seb, Seb Artist right here, but I like it. But I'd love to get those Funko Pops. Why not? <laughs> Saturday motivation right here. There you go. Jesus Christ. That actually happened in the freaking 66. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. And then, of course, people, you know, were making fun of this. Like, oh, this is going to be Keaton's costume right here. And I'm like saying, good. That should be Keaton's costume. Just put the 89 logo on it and, I'll, and he'll rock it. Nothing wrong with that. Ah, oh, people and their takes. It's fun. We're so spoiled. We're so spoiled, guys. We're so spoiled. We have Battinson right here. Funko Pop, which looks pretty cool. I like it. I like it a lot. He's holding his cowl right there. I like this little setup right here. We got Zod and uh, Superman set up in the snow right there. I like that. And oh my God, guys, watch out. Watch out. David Ayer gave praise to Peacemaker. Oh my God. He did. He gave praise to peacemaker how dare he how dare he okay and then uh you know with everything that's happening today well 
I mean, some stuff did also happen with James Gunn, too, which uh, we'll look at. We're definitely going to look at uh, as we talk about all this stuff. But uh, this was just kind of funny where, you know, David Ayer got involved when it came to um, him responding to this. And when somebody said this is why they like disliked James Gunn. And then David Ayer said, wait, what? Is drama still a thing on the Internet? I thought 2022 would be different. Of course not. James, you got you so got this. I'm going to uh, back to sleep now. And oh, by the way, Peacemaker is dope. So, uh oh, forgive Mr. David Ayer for saying that. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. No, it's fine. It's fine. Don't turn on. We're not going to turn on David Ayer. Uh, this is pretty cool right here. Inspired by uh, the Robert Pattinson boxer, Dwar D I whatever the hell that's called, right there. That's cool. Good job, Mr. Garnabiel. Good job, good job with that art. This is pretty cool right here. I don't know if he actually says this, but I would love it if he said it. I am the knight. I am the knight. I am the knight. It doesn't sound like Pattinson, though. But hopefully he does say I am the knight. Why not? Why not? And speaking of David Ayer, look at this right here. Adding a little bit more to release the Ayer cut. I mean, remember, guys, we still have the Ayer cut that could possibly still come out. With everything that's happening... And the fact that Restore the Snyderverse is always, always out there and getting trends and stuff like that. We got to remember that we got to help out Mr. Ayer right here. We got to remember that it's still, we still got to get his movie out. We got to take some of that energy and really focus on that. So, and he says right here, because someone says uh, right here, I do know what you mean. And like I said, the amount of cut content can fix it. His vision was clear enough in the theatrical cut to see that it was a bad take. The world. The world agreed. Move on. And then and then David Ayer quote tweeted by saying, it's not simply plugging in a couple of deleted scenes. It's tone, a different first act, different music. It plays like an entirely different movie. Hell, I wouldn't believe it either. But it does. Night and day. Such is the power of editing right there. Yeah, some people just think that when it comes to the Ayer cut, it's not going to be kind of I mean, the Snyder cut. Yeah. Pretty significant changes. Obviously, when you're trying to condense down a four-hour flick, yeah, going to be some pretty significant changes. But there's big-time significant changes when it comes to Suicide Squad. The tone, especially. The tone. Remember that first, that Comic-Con trailer for Suicide Squad? Remember that tone? David Ayer has expressed many times that that was the tone he was going for. That is specifically the tone he was going for. So... Um, it's very much, if we ever get the air cut, it's going to be like that. And it's going to have different music. It's not going to have the added in, like that's what they wanted to do. They, they were basically already setting the fucking table for James Gunn, to be honest, which is funny because they wanted that aspect to it, where they wanted to have a soundtrack with all these different kind of songs that everybody knows, which is just hilarious and stupid. I, I, I don't get that, but, uh, I love the fact that he just full on just said that. And we got to remember guys, we got to remember. We could still try to fight for this as well as, you know, still hashtag restore the Snyderverse. But this is part of it. This is part of it. So we got to take some of that energy that we're throwing at each other, which seems to be the case when it comes to Batgirl and all this stuff and all the new stuff. Take some of that energy, throw it towards release the A or cut. I'm just saying. And I hope that David Ayer continues to push for it. I really hope he does. I really hope that he does. So. Anyways, that's my little spiel. I just want to see that goddamn movie. Please. So much more Jared Leto Joker. We want that, right? Come on. This is sexy right here. Can, we, can I get this? 
Dear Santa for this week. Look at this. Oof. Look at that. So sexy. This is a Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman Museum line statues by Queen Studios right there. Very, very, very sexy. Very sexy. All right. So you want to hear some more depressing stuff? All right. So this is um, obviously we want to hear something about the um, from Mr. Uh, I always forget his name. I'm always like Gareth Edwards, Gareth Evans, whatever. Um, but anyways, <laughs> you know me, I'm like, I always like blank on, I always get them confused right here, but here we go right here. This is, uh, an interview right here talking about, of course, the Deathstroke, the Deathstroke movie that once was. So take a listen and hopefully you don't, hopefully you don't weep too much, but man, I tell you, I mean, yeah. Also another thing too, is like, I don't know. I don't know if it's Evans. Sorry. Yeah, it is Evans, right? It's also, you know. I mean, I don't know how possible it would be to get the Deathstroke movie to come out, but um, yeah, I, it just it, it, this is kind of heartbreaking when you hear this. But here it is. Three, or do you want me to ask you about Deathstroke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh fuck! Uh, <laughs> I don't mind oh, doing fuck. both. I'll, I'll cover both because whichever one we cover on this one, my DMs or my the comments will end up asking me about the other anyway. Um, look, I. <laughs> When it comes to Deathstroke, which is the quicker answer, uh, I got approached by, about it. Um, I didn't 100% know a lot about the character at the time, so I did a deep dive mm -hmm. and started reading a bunch of materials. Uh, thought it was cool. I had a cool concept idea for sort of like a really lean, like, you know, nothing more than 100 minutes uh, origin story that would feel really kind of like within the vein of the sort of the Korean noir films that I was watching at the time and um, really into. And, and so I was like, oh, okay, I can do something with this and, and, and make something kind of cool with it. I spoke to the guys at uh, DC about it and, and they, were, they were into it. They, were, they, were, they, they, they liked the concept. And I spoke to Joe, who was supposed to be playing the lead at that time. And then I think, I think Justice League came out. And um, fucked everything up. And then I think there was a change Ugh. of personnel. Yeah. And then suddenly Deathstroke stopped being the priority project for them. Ugh. And so mm. I think they were trying to reconfigure things and then see if they could go in a different direction Ugh. with some of the projects or whatever, or tonally shift things. Ugh. And so then in the end, I found myself in a position where, uh, with Deathstroke, where uh, it just kind of fell by the wayside and then, you know, didn't have any follow-up. And so I was kind of like, okay, I guess this is just not happening now. And so, that, and that's just really where it's been since then. So it's kind of just like hung in the ether somewhere. Ugh. Ugh. God damn it. Fucking Warner Brothers. Jesus Christ. But yeah, there you go. I'm robbed of it. So there's him talking about that. We have already heard, you know, we've heard Joe Mang talk about it. I mean, on the last Justice Con, he talked about certain things. You know, obviously it did have Batgirl in it. Or no, this was talking about the Batman. But then, of course, he talked about his origin story when it came to uh, Slade and how he wanted to pretty much ground it. He wanted to ground it as much as possible. And, uh, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. It would have been something special. I love the fact that he has a police story, too, uh, picture behind him right there. Um, yeah, I like that. But, man, I know. Man, well, I mean, we can just thank you, Joss Whedon. <laughs> I mean, it's not just him, of course, but you know, when that whole thing happened, I mean, I mean, Jesus Christ, but that sucks. Three, or do you want slave. me to ask you about that? <laughs> yeah, we were definitely robbed. We were robbed. I don't know. Maybe something could still happen with that. If we can get, if we could just 
get the air cut out, maybe, maybe we can get them to re-look at that Deathstroke movie. I don't know. I'm trying to be optimistic. Anyways, um, there's that, there's that, Photoshop. Um, uh, there's a, wow, I mean, come on, it's Sonya Taylor-Joy. She's giving you the horny eyes right now, so, you know, don't get hypnotized. It's hard not to, but yeah, that's a, that's a good shot of her. I like it. There was, uh, of course, when I woke up today, yeah, that was uh, pretty much the first thing I was, I saw. I didn't think, I didn't think the article was going to drop that early, but apparently, yeah, they dropped it. Or no, it didn't drop early. Screenshots of the article started making the rounds on Twitter very early this morning. So it was like, really? Already that early? And happy birthday to uh, James Earl Jones, man, that iconic voice. He's 91 years old today. Good. I'm glad he's still kicking. Okay, let's uh, let's, you know, hopefully last through for a couple few more years, does a couple more voice stuff. But yeah, happy birthday. Cheers to uh, James Earl Jones, which you hear that voice. You just know it's him. You know, it's him. You know, I mean, when it came to him, it was yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it was, of course, Darth Vader for me. But, you know, it was also the Sandlot, the Sandlot. One of my I mean, growing up, that was one of my favorite movies, still is one of my favorite movies. And uh, when he shows up at the end, I mean, come on. Murder's Row. Yes. Oh, yeah. And happy birthday to. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of birthdays today. You're right, Jose. Even uh, it was supposed to be uh, Betty White's 100th birthday today, which, uh, you know, so happy birthday to her. May she rest in peace. She lived a long, full life, which is great. Was still funny and hilarious and energetic to the end. And this is what I sent to you. Good old Joss Whedon, you fucking idiot. It's like, come on, man. And then, of course, a lot of people were showing their praise, of course, to uh, to Ray Fisher, which you damn well should. Look at this art right here. There's some art that was behind Matt Reeves of the Batman, which is pretty interesting and looks pretty damn cool right there. That's cool, but yes. Uh, hashtag I stand with Ray Fisher. That was uh, doing some trending today, which is good, as it should. I haven't checked out the uh, the, the, the new show that he's in. Women of the Movement, but uh, uh, as soon as I get the Hulu back up and going, I definitely will. I'll check it out. Hopefully, you guys are checking that out. I know a lot of people are tweeting about it every week when it shows up, so good on you. Good on you. And then and then we got Gal Gadot right here just getting out of the water. Um, that's just another gift that you could just stare at for a while. For a while, for sure. And then, of course, again, happy uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I always forget there was a junior on the on the on his name too, but you know, it's just you know, M O K, and uh, and all he did and everything. So good on uh, so good on everybody who's celebrating that. I didn't get the day off today, so, you know. It's whatever. I still work today uh, in my line of work. We don't get those holidays off for some fucking reason, but you know. So hopefully you enjoyed you guys' day off. We'll talk more about that. Some uh, Andrew Garfield stuff, and then, uh, yeah, we'll talk about this, too. Yeah, we just got, mainly, it was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of uh, Warner Brothers probably, you know, shitting their pants, because, you know what, when it comes to all this, guys, we have to remember, uh, we have to remember that a lot of people were actually thinking that Warner Brothers posted this article with Joss Whedon. They did not. They did not do that. They, they were, they, they probably had no idea about it. Remember, they fired Joss Whedon. They fired Joss Whedon. They, they wanted nothing to do with him after all the accusations and all the shit came out and everything. They just didn't want, they fucking fired him. So they, I saw so many people thinking that they 
were the ones that were like, oh, yeah, Toby Emmerich, we're totally. Now, they, they probably are looking at all this and going, what the fuck? We don't want this. I'm actually surprised they didn't put out a statement. I mean, you think they would, then they should. If you want to put out a statement, put out a statement. Condemn this shit. Do it. Come on, you pussies. Toby, what are you doing? What are you doing over there? But yeah, it definitely wasn't a Warner Brothers thing. This was strictly a Joss Whedon thing to try to like help clear up his name, which of course backfired big time. I mean, when I talk about backfired, I mean this. This. That's what I mean. Jesus Christ. That's <laughs> pretty much the Joss Whedon article. It was him just like, yeah, basically shooting himself. Fucking idiot. Idiot. And also happy birthday to Jim Carrey. <laughs> Jim Carrey's birthday today, and he posted this video. I'm sexy and sexy. And tonight I'm having cream corn and strained peaches. Still got that rubber face, man. Uh, 60 years old, Jim Carrey. Happy birthday to Jim Carrey, man. Still got that rubber face. Still got that rubber face. Um, and then um, this is at the uh, at the, uh, the Avengers, whatchamacallit, they're testing out the uh, the new Spider-Man like robotic thing. This is hilarious right here. This is so fucking funny. Spider-Man is clean for Jake. <laughs> my back. My back. <laughs> I love how they added my back. My <laughs> back. Yep, that didn't really uh, run well. But hey, what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? It's not going to always run well. So. And check this out, guys. Willem Dafoe, okay. So uh, you guys know me. I don't I don't want there to be a Joker 2. I don't think there should be a Joker 2. I think people agree that there shouldn't be a Joker 2. It's like move on to another another villain if you're gonna do this black label thing. Why the fuck is there not another villain? But Willem Dafoe actually has a pretty good idea if it came to a Joker 2, because everybody's always cast him, like fan cast him as a Joker. Willem Dafoe has fantasized about playing a Joker imposter opposite Joaquin Phoenix. That's what he told GQ magazine. Dueling Jokers. Someone that says he's the Joker but isn't the Joker. That kind of opens up the possibility of an interesting story. It's not bad. That's actually not bad. You have another nutcase out there trying to take over Joker because it's not like, you know, it's not like you can't just put makeup on your face and act like a nutcase, right? That's actually, I don't, I don't mind it. I don't, I, I actually thought, wow, that's actually not a bad idea when it comes to a Joker sequel. And can you imagine Willem Dafoe, Joaquin Phoenix going uh, head to head on each other, like, or like head to head, like dueling each other like that, trying to be Jokers? Not too shabby, not too shabby. So that's pretty, uh, you know, I dig it. I dig it. I mean, I don't think it's not, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's a good pitch. I don't know what uh, if 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 the the Joker sequel is actually still gonna happen. I don't know if Todd Phillips has an idea. That's not a bad idea right there. So I don't know. I still though would want to keep it at at. Uh, I still would want to keep it at um. At just you know just one movie to be honest. And look at this porn right here. Look at this porn. Trinity porn. The Trinity porn kicking ass, taking on bunch of people well superman's taking on one guy but still it's badass so yeah somebody put this gift together i like that dc films united love it oh it's pure porn i love this i love this right here too <laughs> that's good art right there 
That's good art right there from uh, Mr. Chris right here. Good artist. I remember he posted that a while back. That's good art right there. I love it. Absolutely love it. And then Clay Enos. Clay Enos throwing some shade at Joss Whedon because Clay Enos also is not a fan of Joss as well. So there you go. Dig Your Own Hole by the Chemical Brothers. He posted that on Vero. Good on him. Good on him. Joining in. Joining in on all that. Gotta freaking love it, guys. Gotta love it, especially Mr. Enos right there. So let's start diving into this article right here. Let's just start diving in and seeing what the hell. I mean, you guys have pretty much seen a lot of the stuff. You know, a lot of people are posting uh, screenshots of this article, but, you know, we're going to dive into it. You know, and just reading everything. I mean, this is a fucking narcissist. This is a 100% a narcissist right here trying to play victim, trying to clear his name. And I, I don't know if he just like he got that God complex or whatever the fuck after, you know, bringing the Avengers on film, bringing them to together on a movie. Maybe he just got this this complex of like, oh, yeah, I could do anything. I could say anything I could do. You know, I, I don't know what I don't know. It's weird. It's very strange, but it's just funny because the narcissism that this man has is just what's destroying him so much. I mean, this article, this this interview, when you read some of the stuff that he says, you go, how the fuck did you think you were going to like that? How people were going to take this? Did you actually think that people were going to be receptive and be like, oh, you know what? We might have been wrong about Joss, you know? Maybe he's not a bad guy. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I think he's, you know, he was the victim here. I mean, my God, I can't believe it. It's like, what the fuck? Really? Really? No. No. All he did was dig a bigger hole. That's all he did. Came out of hiding and just killed his career more. You know how many tweets from like check marks and shit like that were just totally slamming this whole thing? Slamming it. Ugh. Fucking ridiculous. The undoing of Joss Whedon. By the way, what's up with the fucking earring, dude? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. What are you trying to do? It's you trying to be cool with a little stud in your little earlobe? That ain't gonna that's not that's not helping. It's not helping. Just saying. It's not helping. You don't look badass or anything like that. The Buffy creator, once an icon of Hollywood feminism, is now an outcast accused of misogyny. How did he get here? This is written by uh, Leela Shapiro. And I know some people were throwing, you know, they were trying to throw under the bus, which, yeah, I can understand why people are upset with somebody who was actually writing about Joss Whedon. But at the same time, I'm actually glad she did. I mean, when she went into interviewing Joss Whedon right here, I think I think she had intentions to try to, like, help clear his name. But after hearing his responses to things, I think she was just like, you know what? I can't do anything. I'm just going to post this article. And he probably, you know, he probably made things worse. And of course he did. He made things worse. Ah, it's funny. It's funny. So, I mean, this is a pretty long article. I don't really want to like go over every little thing, but man, speaking of Batgirl, remember when Joss Whedon was going to direct Batgirl? I remember even being like, okay, that could fit. Remember before all the Joss Whedon stuff really came about? Ugh, man. Ugh. I wish I can go back to like 2017 me and be like, hey, guess what? It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Not going to be good, Dave. Not going to be good. And then, yeah. Ugh. And then I you know, flick my nose and walk away and disappear and go back 
Go back in time. Go back to now. Anyways. All right. So, I don't know. It starts off with all this stuff in line with the scholarship, blah, 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 blah. It was just scholarships. Uh, he was a celebrity showrunner before anyone cared who ran shows. In twenty, in 2005, the comic book artist Scott R. Kurtz designed a T-shirt that gestured at Whedon's stature at, uh, in popular culture and said, Joss Whedon is my master now. I showed you that image earlier. Ugh, and people actually wore that shit. Marvel later put him in charge of the biggest franchise, hiring him to write and direct 2012's The Avengers and, the, uh, and its sequel, Age of Ultron. Two of the highest grossing films of all time. His fans thought of him as a feminist ally, an impression bolstered by his fundraising efforts for progressive causes. But in recent years, the good guy image has been tarnished by a series of accusations, each more damaging than the last. In 2017, his ex-wife, Kai Cole published a sensational open letter about him on the movie blog The Rap. He, uh, she condemned him as a hypocrite preaching feminist ideals and accused him of cheating on her throughout their marriage, including with uh, actresses on the set of Buffy. Then, beginning of uh, summer of 2020, the actors uh, Ray Fisher and Gal Gadot who uh, who had starred in the superhero film, of course, directed by, you know, he, he, I hate it when they say that, starred in a superhero film directed by Whedon. Shut up. Uh, claimed he'd mistreated them, with Fisher describing his behavior as gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. Ooh. They were soon joined by Charisma Carpenter, who played uh, Cardelia on Buffy and its uh, spinoff series Angel. In a long Twitter post, she wrote that Whedon had a history of being casually cruel after she became pregnant, heading into Angel's fourth season. He called her fat to colleagues and summoned her into his office and asked, as she recalled, if she was going to keep it. She claimed he had mocked her religious beliefs, accused her of sabotaging the show, and fired her a season later once she had given birth. All the joy of new motherhood had been sucked right out, she wrote, and Joss was the vampire. And then, of course, we had Sarah Michelle Gellar, who obviously was like, hey, guess what? Let's see. Where do I have that? Do I have that right here? There it is right here. Remember, Sarah Michelle Gellar posted this right here in following up with Charisma Carpenter. While I'm proud to have my name associated with Buffy Summers, I don't want to forever associate, I don't want to be forever associated with the name Joss Whedon. I am more focused on raising my family and surviving a pandemic currently, so I will not be making any further statements at this time, but I stand with all the survivors of abuse, and I am proud of them for speaking out. So I'm wondering if Sarah Michelle Gellar might be talking a little bit more. Come on, Sarah. Slay the vampire. We want you to. We want you to. Uh, the past spring, Whedon invited me to spend a couple of afternoons with him at his home. So this is back in spring. This has, like, been building up for a bit. This is not just, like, over the weekend or something like that. I mean, of course, my little sketch, my little skit in the beginning, it's just, you know, it's whatever. Um, but, you know, that's all just jokes and just, you know, poking fun at this whole thing. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, apparently this was uh, this past spring right here, and it's been a couple afternoons right here. I had spoken to uh, dozens of people who knew him after months of uh, agonizing over whether to grant my uh, my request for an interview. He had decided to talk to Whedon at 57, lives in Santa Monica, 13 blocks from the ocean on a street lined with magnum blah, 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 blah. So uh, 
let's see. Puck, who wants to... Yeah, we got all that. Scattered around the room were paintings of his wife, the artist uh, Heather Horton. They got married in February of 2021. Poor gal. Just after the wave of allegations had crested at the sound of the garage door opening, his shoulders relaxed. Heather's coming back, he said. <coughs> she breezed through the room in sundress, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we can do that. And then look at this guy trying to look cool. I mean, he changed up his wardrobe a little bit, I guess. Good for you, buddy. You still you still don't look as cool as, uh, you know, the guy that actually directed Justice League. Just saying. Back when he was still a god. See? This sentence right here, back when he was still a god, this is what I talk, talked about, the god complex that came from a, a guy like Joss Whedon. And, 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 I, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. Guys who are always saying like, you know, oh man, that, that want to say that they're a feminist, they're a feminist, they're a feminist. And they're much like, you know, oh yeah, I'm all about this, I'm all about that. <laughs> Those are the guys you have to watch out for. Those are the guys that you really have to watch out for when they try to be an ally so much. Those are the guys you got to worry about, okay? Okay, that's, 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 I'm just saying. When it comes to a lot of this, I mean, look at, look at what's happened when you see people that have gotten caught doing some crazy shit. You'll see like, uh, like your Devin Fauci, remember, remember Fauci, Fauci, whatever the hell is, you know what I'm talking about, right? Remember when his allegations came out, but he was always about, oh yeah, I'm a feminist, I'm a feminist. And then you look at these guys and you're like, well, okay, you look kind of gross. And then all of a sudden you find out that they do some pretty gross things. You know, it's just it's weird. But uh, but of course, you know, someone like Zack Snyder, who's an actual feminist who actually sh represents feminine, you know, in his movies. I mean, look at Sucker Punch, look at anything that he's ever directed. And it's like but everybody wants to take stabs at him because he's a guy with tattoos and he's good looking. And he's and he's got, you know, he's he's a fucking he's a stud and they hate that. They hate that. But they look at Joss Whedon and they're like, oh, that's our God. That's our God. Look at him. He's balding like me. He's puffy like me. It's like, shut up. But they always look at, you know, but they always try to throw the shade and like, oh, yeah, but Zack Snyder's the, uh, he's the bad guy here. Fuck no. That guy, look what that guy, he's been married for how long? He's uh, adopting kids. He's doing all, I mean, Jesus Christ. It's crazy. <sighs> Who has hair? Oh, he does have hair. He has a lot of hair. Very scruffy. Farachi. There you go. I said Fauci. I think I'm so used to hearing Fauci's name. It's Farachi. Anyways, uh, back when he was still God, the kind of uh, contractually obligated to promote uh, network television shows as press junkets, Whedon was asked over and over to explain why he wrote stories about strong women. For years, he would answer by talking about his mother. Lee Stearns, who died in 1991, was an activist and unpublished novelist who taught history at an elite private school in the Bronx. One of her students, Jessica Neerworth, Neerworth, yeah, went to, uh, on to become a co-founder of Equality Now and organizations, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they kind of just give that backstory right there. And it says, uh, let's see, in 2006, Equality Now presented Whedon with an award at an evening dedicated to honoring men on the front lines of feminism. In his speech, Whedon referred to his mother as extraordinary, inspirational, tough, cool, and sexy. Interesting. That should have been red flag number one. Sitting in his room, living room, he told me he sees a different side of her now. She was a remarkable woman uh, and an inspiring person, he said. But sometimes those are hard people to be raised by. Oh, so it wasn't so easy getting raised by that. 
He didn't find her sexy anymore, apparently. Okay. Uh, Whedon had been thinking a lot about his childhood. He had been in therapy for the past few years, ever since he checked himself into an addiction treatment center in Florida for a month-long stay. As a younger man, he had channeled his pain into his work, and he was particularly interested in picking apart the stories he always told himself about his past. Now, he didn't have much else to do. The allegations against him had led to friends to stop calling. He was out of work and wasn't writing. What story could he tell? There are things about his life he was only beginning to understand. Not the things being said in the press necessarily, but things I'm not comfortable with. I'm like, I have nothing going on. I can do some work. Uh, I can do some work on me. Sorry, I got to plug in my laptop, which I always forget to do. Born Joseph, his name, yeah. Born Joseph Whedon, grew up in, uh, I don't know, you get his little backstory right here. We don't have to go through all of that. When he was a, when he was five, a four-year-old boy, the son of the family friends, disappeared on his parents' property. Eventually, his body was found. He drowned uh, in the pond. Yeah. Later, uh, late, years later, as a teenager, Whedon remembered he had a he had called the boy over to the pond to play with him. After getting bored, he had walked away, leaving the boy alone by the water. I didn't think it was my fault. I knew I was I'll say again, trying to build some sympathy over a childhood tragedy. Okay. His parents split up when he was nine. At fifteen, he went to an all boys boarding school in England where he read more Shakespeare, joining the fencing team and struggled to make friends. It was a very dark and miserable, this uh, hideous little homunculus uh, who managed to annoy everyone. So he was even annoying then. He told the author of uh, Joss Whedon, the biography. Then in 1983, his fortunes changed. He had arrived at uh, Wesleyan uh, University um, uh, he discovered his artsy, angsty personality could actually be attractive to women. He got a girlfriend, traded his basic name for a more interesting one, and found a mentor, the eminent film scholar Janine Basinger. So basically just getting a lot of his backstory. Like I said, I don't want to go through all of it because uh, there's a lot here, right here. In those early days of the Internet, before nerd culture swallowed the world, fans flocked to a message board set up by WB to analyze Buffy with the obsessive zeal of Talmudic, if I'm saying that right, scholars. Whedon knew how to talk to these people. He was one of them. He would visit the board at all hours to complain about the grueling schedule or the or argue with fans about the interpretations of his work. Back then, he pointed out to me the Internet was a friendly place, and he, with the quick-witted Prince of Nerds, had the advantage of it. At one point, fans became convinced Buffy and another Slayer Faith were romantically intertwined. Entwined. After Whedon shot down the theory accusing the proponents of uh, seeing a lesbian subtext behind every corner, one of the posters, Buffy Nerd, sent him a link to her website where she had published a meticulous and uh, exe- uh, whatchamacallit of the relationship. So then we're talking about Buffy right here, of course. So let's get into a little bit more into the, uh, and then of course we have some images right here of all the stuff. And we all know. There's more stuff that's going to be coming out of here. What's his name? He played Spike. Remember, he came out and said some stuff about uh, about him, kind of like backing him up into a corner and everything. Whedon was 31 when he began running Buffy. He had never run a show before before and had never been a boss of any kind. At first, when crew members would hold the door open for him on set, he would do an awkward dance and insist he hold the door for them. 
It just felt so fucking wrong, he told me. Then one day, the third season, a crew uh, member neglected to hold the door, and Whedon walked straight into face first. Oh, I see, Whedon recalled. You get, you did get used to it. So just talking about more stuff when it comes to all this. Buffy, Buffy, Buffy. Let's see. Costume designer. All right. Buffy costume designer Cynthia Bergstrom recalled an incident that happened during the filming of season five. In one episode, Spike asked a sadistic science nerd to create a sex robot version of the Slayer. Whedon and Geller did not agree on what the Buffy bot would wear. Sarah was adamant about it being a certain way. The costume she wanted was a bit grandma-ish. It pleated a pleated skirt and high neckline. He definitely wanted it to be sexier. When on the on the day Geller tried to uh, tried the different options, Whedon grew frustrated. I was like, Joss, let's just let's just get her dressed. Bergson recalled. He grabbed my arm and dug in uh, and dug in his fingers until his fingernails imprinted in my skin. And I said, You're hurting me. So that's just one of the things. We got Firefly Rider remembered him belittling. He, he was uh, belittling a uh, a colleague for writing a script that wasn't up to par. Instead of instead of giving her notes privately, he called a meeting with the entire writing staff. It was basically ninety minutes of vicious mockery. The writer said, "Joss pretended to have a slide projector and he read dialogue out loud and pretended he was giving a lecture on terrible writing as he went through the slides and made funny voices. Funny for him. The guys were looking down at their pages and this woman was fighting tears the whole the entire time. I know fucking assholes like this. I have worked for assholes like this. One in particular boss, I can totally think of right now that I actually worked like this, that love to talk down to people, specifically women. It was just the way it was. I remember when I worked for this company for a brief amount of time, man, this guy made every girl in the office cry, except for one who just, she just was just, you know, she, you couldn't, she was too tough, but I've worked for guys like this that like to belittle people just like this. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Then there was an alleged uh, incident two Buffy actresses wrote about on social media last year. Michelle uh, Trachtenberg, who played Buffy's younger sister, claimed there had been a rule forbidding Whedon from being alone in the room with her on set. Whedon told me uh, he had no idea that she was what she was talking about, and Trachtenberg didn't want to elaborate. One person who worked closely with her on Buffy told me, an informal rule did exist, though it was possible Whedon was not aware of it. During the seventh season, when Trachtenberg was uh, 16, Whedon called her into the office for a closed-door meeting. The person does not know what happened, but recalled Trachtenberg was shaken after afterward. An adult in Trachten, uh, Trachtenberg's uh, circle created the rule in response. I mean, we kind of had that rule too, right, with Gal? Didn't that happen with the reshoots for that short amount of time? I mean, it's crazy. And then, of course, uh, the story of Whedon's conflict with uh, Carpenter is less obscure. Obscure. The actress had been talking about it, which we already kind of covered right there, obviously with the pregnancy thing. Whedon acknowledged uh, he was not as civilized back then. I was young, he said. I yelled, and sometimes you had to yell. This was a very young cast, and it was easy for everything to turn into a cocktail party. He said it would. Uh, he said he would never intentionally humiliate. Humiliate anyone. If I'm upsetting somebody, it will be a problem for me. The costume designer who said he grabbed her arm. I don't believe that. 
he said, shaking his head. I know I would get angry, but I was never physical with people. I don't know. I've worked for uh, other bosses, too, where, you know, they've not me in particular, but with other coworkers, just to kind of show their their dominance, their power. They've gotten slightly physical, which is never any good. So eh. he had made out with an actress on the, the floor of someone's office. That seems false. I don't understand that story even a bit. He removed his glasses and rubbed his face. I should run to the loo. When uh, he came back, he said the story didn't make sense to him because he lived in terror of his affairs being discovered. Wow. What affairs there, buddy? So, yeah, it talks about that. But he uh, could call pregnant women fat. Rebecca X, who she asked to be called as known as uh, Rebecca Rand Kirshner. When, the, when she wrote for the last three seasons of Buffy, since then, she has dropped her patriarchal, yeah, I can never say that. I always get a little marble mouth when that happens. Patriarchal last name. She saw Whedon at a photo shoot a few years after the show ended when she was weeks away from giving birth. I was happy to see Josh, Joss, and the, the film, the, the first thing he said to me was, oh, you're fat. Jesus Christ, she told me. She uh, knew he was joking, but she didn't find it very funny. It's like, yeah, who would find that funny? Who would find that funny? Did it hurt me? Yes. Did I say, hey, I got a baby in there. What's your excuse? Ooh, that would have been a good one. That would have been a good comeback right there, to be honest. What's your excuse? In so many uh, unsaid words, yes, but I think uh, he was actually slim at that point. My point is he was a dick. It was a dick move, and uh, it wouldn't. Uh, and I wouldn't call it a, uh, abuse. So she didn't call it abuse right there. So let's move on from all that stuff. On our second day of interviews, I asked Eden about his, uh, Whedon about his affairs on the set of Buffy. He looked worse than he had the day before. His eyes were faint, faintly bloodshot. He hadn't slept well. I feel fucking terrible about them. When I, uh, and he said, when I pressed him on why, he noted it messes up the power dynamic. But he didn't expand on that thought. Instead, he quickly added that he had felt he had to sleep on. He had he had to sleep with them. That he was powerless to resist. I laughed. I'm not actually joking. He said he had been surrounded by beautiful young women, the sort of women he had ignored, that had ignored him when he was younger, and he had feared if he didn't have sex with them. Uh, he didn't have sex with them. He would always regret it. Looking back, he feels shame and horror. Uh, he feels shame and horror, he said. And I thought of something he had told me earlier. A vampire, he said, is exalted. Uh, is the exalted outsider, a creature that feels like less than everybody else and also kind of more than everybody else. There is uh, this insecurity and arrogance. They do a little dance. So, yeah, this is basically a guy who is not very much an alpha he uh, he's very much beta, you know, if you want to, like, describe it like that. And uh, I think it's just like he wanted to have that power. And then, of course, like when it when it he felt like like when, when the opportunity arose, he couldn't say no. He couldn't say no because scared little boy. I don't know if it's the upbringing being raised by somebody like how he explained his mom. I don't know. But, yeah. Buffy ended in 23, but his affairs did not. He slept with employees, fans, and colleagues. Eventually, his wife found out. In 2012, they split up. In Cole's open letter to fans, she accused him of using feminism as a cover for his infidelities. 
He always had a lot of female friends, but he told me it was because his mother raised him as a feminist, so he just liked women better, she wrote. After learning he had been deceiving her for 15 years, she was diagnosed with complex PTSD, the, 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 the same condition as him. I want the people who worship him to know he is human. It's that God complex again. I spoke with three women who uh, dated Whedon after his marriage ended. In their stories, he was not the hero they had read about in the press. The one who wanted to see to see women in control, he was more like a cold-blooded man. He was more like the cold-blooded men he depicted in his work. Sarah um, talks about this. She's like when Whedon, when uh, he was promoting Age of Ultron, she was twenty-two. She was a twenty-two-year-old freelance writer who interviewed him for pop culture website after the piece published they began a sexual relationship he led me to believe he was single she said one night she went out for drinks alone with with a friend whedon wanted her to meet after the friend mentioned she uh, had a long-term boyfriend sarah said asked what uh, what his name was i'm dating joss whedon the woman replied so he was always deceiving you know dating multiple people playing the game you get all this power of course that's what it is and of course, some of the, I think that this paragraph right here was uh, that was uh, played around everywhere right there. Liked women better. Men didn't. Put, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Liked women. That's exactly what Stephen is saying right there. Thank you for backing it up, Stephen. Yes, I know. Yeah, I'm telling you, I've met guys like this. I've met guys like this. And it's just ugh. So then it just keeps on going right here. Uh, we're not going to go through all that. Dollhouse. Yeah, remember that with Eliza Dushku right there? Yeah, remember that series that he was a part of? The Whedon's Experience, seeing Richard Nim, blah, blah, blah. So we'll just kind of go through this. Let's get into the, let's get to this right here. Let's get to the Justice League part. Let's go because this is where it just gets, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? Ah, let me take a little drink. That year, Whedon took a job doing rewrites for Warner Brothers' film Justice League, a DC property directed by Zack Snyder. For two white men in their 50s making comic book flicks, he and Snyder could hardly have been less creatively and and, uh, philosophically aligned. While Whedon's superhero epics were uh, leaving, on, uh, leaving by uh, irony and wordplay, Snyder's were brooding and self-important with a visual style that combined an artificial that that combined artificially for artificiality. Sorry, I'm having trouble right there after that sip of wine of a video game uh, with fascist aesthetic of Lenny uh, Reffenstahl. Production. So, of course, you know, the fascist thing again, which she, of course, threw a little shade at Snyder. Snyder fans were every bit a, uh, as ardent uh, as Whedon had been, but his previous efforts, Batman vs. Superman, had faltered at the box office and offended critics with uh, A.O. Scott going so far as to assert that Snyder and his corporate backers had no evident motive to produce such a joyless spectacle power beyond their own uh aggrandizement and grandizement aggrandizement in case i'm like failing on some of these words here i apologize now those backers were concerned about how their new venture was shaping up an early screening did not reassure them they asked me to fix it and i thought i could help Whedon told me he now regards his decision as one of the biggest regrets of his life you fucking think yeah you think that was a big, yeah, big regret? You really thought that you can fix that thing? 
At first, the studio executives told Whedon his role would be restricted to writing and, and, and advising. He was punching up the dialogue. But soon it became clear to Whedon they had lost faith in Snyder's vision and wanted him to take full control. A representative from Warner Brothers denied this. Snyder has publicly stated he left the project to spend time with his family. His daughter, of course, had died by suicide two months earlier. Whedon now uh, now installed in the director's chair oversaw nearly 40 days. Again, fucking 40, right? Why does that number keep coming back? 40 days of reshoots, a complicated laborious overtaking. From the start, things were tense between him and the stars. Yes, this is going back to what Ben Affleck has been saying. And I, you know, told you guys and other people said it too, that he wanted to walk up the, off the set. He, he had wanted no part of this, of course. Um, let's see, you know, the stars. It wasn't just that he wanted to impose a whole new vision on their work, he introduced an entirely different style of management. Snyder had given the actors exceptional license with the script, encouraging them to ad-lib dialogue. Whedon expected them to say their lines exactly as, uh, as he uh, had written them. And this is what he had to say right here. They didn't, that didn't go down well at all. One crew member uh, told me, okay, this is from a crew member, some actors criticized his writing by Whedon's account. Gal Gadot, who played Wonder Woman, suggested that he, the director of the highest grossing uh, superhero movie at the time, didn't understand how superhero movies worked. At one point, Whedon paused the shoot and, according to the crew member, announced that he had never worked with a ruder group of people. The actors fell silent. Jeez. The actors, at least one of them, felt Whedon had been rude too. Ray Fisher, a young black actor, played Cyborg. It was his first major role. Snyder had centered the film on his character, the first black superhero in a DC movie, and he treated Fisher as a writing partner, soliciting um, his opinions on the film's representations of black people. Whedon downsized downsized Cyborg's role, cutting scenes that, in Fisher's view, challenged stereotypes. When Fisher raised his concerns about the revisions in a phone call, Whedon cut him off. It feels like I'm taking notes right now, Whedon told him, according to a Hollywood reporter, and I don't like taking notes from anybody, not even Robert Downey Jr. I remember that line. Godot didn't care for Whedon's style either. Last year, she told reporters Whedon threatened her and said he would make her career miserable we told me that that he did no such thing and this is oof, this is where it starts getting mm, i don't threaten people who does that he concluded she had misunderstood him english is not her first language and i tend to be annoyingly flowery in my speech Ooh, he didn't really think about that one when he fired that off did he that's yeah that, that one right there, that's where you kind of just, uh, uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, man, English, yeah. So making, uh, making that little out there, that's just, uh, uh, that wasn't smart. That definitely was not smart. So uh, he told her jokingly that if she wanted to get rid of it, she would have to tie him to a railroad track and do it over his dead body. Then I was told that I had something that I had said something about her dead body and tying her to the railroad track. He said Godot did not agree with Whedon's version uh, of events. I understood perfectly, she told the New York uh, in an email. As for Whedon's claims, as for Whedon's claim, 
that he doesn't threaten people. An actress on Angel told me that uh, told me that hadn't been true back when she knew him. After her agent pushed for her to get a raise, she claims Whedon called her at home and said she was never going to work for him or 20th Century Fox again. Reading uh, Godot's quote, she thought, wow, he's still using that line. Whedon denied this too. Two people that are saying this. Justice League premiered in the fall of 2017. It was a critical and commercial debacle. Snyder's fans blamed Whedon for its failures, accusing him, as one um, as one tweet put it, of turning Snyder's godlike heroes into clowns, the power of the fandom, a force Whedon had done uh, so much to cultivate at the start of, the, of his career was now wielded against him. The fans launched an elaborate campaign pressuring Warner Brothers to release the version Snyder had originally planned, chartering a plane to fly a banner over Warner Brothers Studios. Just as Whedon had once used message boards to bond with Buffy obsessives, Snyder used the social media platform Vero to, ra- to rally his, uh, his followers sharing pictures of his morning workouts alongside images that appeared to be derived from the cut of the film. Several months into the pandemic, the studio, desperate for content, announced that his cut would air on HBO Max. At an online fan event celebrating the upcoming release, Snyder declared that he would set the movie on fire before using a single frame he had not filmed himself. Or uh, our Lord's, our Lord and Savior, Zack Snyder, someone wrote in the comics comments below the live stream yeah remember that remember that was justice con that he would set the film on fire if he used anything that whedon shot whedon was stunned oh boy were you stunned there buddy did Zack snyder shake up your little are you shaking your little boots there buddy he had given the whole movie a lighter look, brightening everything in post-production, including all the faces. He said uh, the claim that he had disliked a character's skin tone, which Forbes ultimately retracted, was a false and unjust. Whedon says he cut down Cyborg's role for two reasons. The storyline logically made no sense. How does that fucking make no sense? How does Cyborg's storyline make no sense? We've watched the movie now. I mean, obviously, when this interview happened, it maybe I don't know if it happened as the movie came out or something like that, but this is what's so happening. We've seen the story now, and everybody absolutely loved it. How did it not logically make... It made no sense. How is that possible? Huh? And he felt the acting was bad. He felt the acting was bad. Man, this is the perfect... Peace to come out on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, right? Yeah. Cheers, everybody. Ah, holy shit. (laughs) My God. How do you watch Ray Fisher's performance in Zack Snyder's Justice League and say that the acting was bad? How? How? None of it was bad. None of it was bad. He had the best performance in the whole fucking movie. How? How do you look at that and say it was bad? According to a source familiar with the project, Whedon wasn't alone in feeling feeling that way. At test screenings, viewers deemed Cyborg the worst of all the characters in the film. Bullshit. Bullshit. There's people that have tweeted about that. Um, There's also been something, too on that I tweeted out that somebody actually tweeted 
Something interesting. Let's see if I can find it here. Uh, let me scroll, 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 scroll right here. So this is what Snyder said the first time he was on the vodka stream. No one really knew what was in that. I mean, the studio had seen the director's cut, but even the director's cut of the movie was shorter than my cut. Yeah. That I shot. Like, yes, this is my cut of the movie, but there was a cut that I created that I said, this can like no one this is too much for the studio they're like you know the mandate was make the movie two hours long i cannot Fuck. show them a, i cannot show them a four hour i know <laughs> jesus christ but like steven said they probably saw a botched version that was already whedon's cut it's ridiculous Ugh. test screenings all right despite that whedon insists he spent hours discussing the changes with Fisher and that their conversations were friendly and respectful. None of the claims Fisher made in the media were either true or merited discussing, Whedon told me. Oh, okay. He could think of only one way to explain Fisher's motives. We're talking about a malevolent, uh, a malevolent force where we're talking about a bad actor in both senses. Again. Bad acting, he is saying. We're talking about a bad actor in both senses. Good job, Joss. <laughs> you didn't think this one through. When people are claiming that you're racist and stuff like that, not the right choice of words right there, you dumb fuck. You dumbass. You're a dumbass. What were you thinking? Lack of sleep? Huh? Maybe? Some of Whedon's defenders proposed a theory. What if Fisher had been doing Snyder's bidding? Without, uh, without furnishing proof, they speculated that Snyder had tricked Fisher into thinking Whedon was racist. What? <laughs> or maybe Fisher knew perfectly well his allegations were bullshit. Either way, the actor and director had manufactured a controversy that made Snyder seem like a progressive ally while diverting attention from the fact that their early cut had been a disaster. Jesus Christ, trying to play victim much. So Zach was like, yeah, Ray, guess what? I mean, this guy, that little ginger fuck right over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy right over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's racist, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think he's, I think his dad was in like in the clan or something like that. Or I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think, I, I think I saw a Nazi. He has like a Nazi tramp stamp or something like that. I don't know. Ugh. Do you think, can you imagine Zack Snyder doing something like that? No. The guy walked away from this thing because of a fucking tragedy. <sighs> Crazy. Yeah. Let's see. Whedon's advocates believed this campaign had poisoned Carpenter against Whedon, causing her to see the complicated story of their relationship as a simplistic narrative of abuse. Once someone lights a fuse and people see there's a flame, they run to it and throw stuff into it. One person in Whedon's circle said, Snyder declined to be interviewed. Of course. Zach's not going to like mention any of this. He's walked away from all this. He's not going to mention all this. Ugh. He's not going to mention any of this. I know some people want Zach to mention something like this, but he's going to stay away from this. I don't see Zach actually making any kind. And, and if he comes back on the vodka stream, I'm not going to be like, so Zach, did you read that interview about Jack? No, I'm not. I would not. I would not. In our conversations, Whedon was somewhat more circumspect. I don't know who started it. 
I just know in who I just know in whose name it was done. Snyder superfans were attacking him online as a bad feminist and a bad husband. Duh. They don't give a fuck about feminism. I was made a target by my ex-wife and people exploited and exploited that cynically. As he explained, oh, yeah, you poor guy. Your ex-wife was saying you're a piece of shit. And Snyder fans went, hey, guess what? You're a piece of shit. Jesus Christ. God for fucking bed. As he explained this theory, his voice sank into a hoarse whisper. See, this is where I, this is where I get that, uh, you know, that uh, Joss Whedon impression. Uh, she put, it, put, put out a letter saying some bad things I'd done and saying some untrue things about me. But I had done the bad things and so people knew I was gettable. Right there. But I had done the bad things. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> so you are a dick. I mean, what? What? what, what? I mean, you, you, you just said it right, right there, right? But I had done the bad things. And so people knew I was gettable. All right, then. When Snyder's four-hour cut was finally unveiled, it was critically acclaimed. His fans poured through both films to analyze the differences. Some seized on a belief first put forth by Fisher that Whedon had intentionally erased people of color from the film. A remarkable reversal had taken place. Fifteen years earlier, Snyder's work was was widely seen as an... uh, uh, empathomia, problematic cinema, yeah, blah, 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 with the whole shit. Overly, yeah, when they were talking about 300 and blah, blah, blah. Ugh. Ugh, I hate that. The beginning of the internet raised me up and the modern internet pulled me down. The perfect symmetry is not lost on me, so... We got all that. So that's pretty much when it comes to that. By then, Whedon had begun seeking treatment for sex and love addiction, along with other uh, addictive tendencies. James Franco, Kevin Spacey, and Harvey Weinstein have been taken around. Blah, blah, blah. There's all that. Jeez. Life was good and also bad. Having overcome the isolation and ridicule of his childhood, he found himself in the role of social outcast once more. He still has an agent, but it seemed like no one wanted to work with him at Fisher's urging. Warner had conducted a series of investigations into the Justice League production. The studio won't disclose its findings, but it in late 2020, it announced uh, uh, remedial of uh, action had been t- Taken a few weeks earlier, HBO revealed Whedon would no longer serve as showrunner of The Nevers, his science fiction series about women with supernatural powers. The network scrubbed his name from the show's marketing materials. I think he even said that he was like a nice showrunner. There was like something uh, with that. And then just to round up the things that nobody ever fell from the pedestal into anything but a pit. Whedon told me on a call one day, a few months had passed since our conversations at his house and that he'd finally made peace with himself. He said, could I have done marriage better? He asked, don't get me started. Could I have done a, been a better showrunner? Absolutely. Should I have been nicer? He considered the, the question. Perhaps he could have been calmer, more direct. But would that have compromised the work? Maybe the problem was that he'd been too nice. <laughs> I was too nice. That's right, guys. He was too nice. Jeez. He wanted people to love him, which meant when it was direct, people 
thought it was harsh. In any case, he decided he was done worrying about all that. People had been using every weaponizable word of the modern era to make it seem like I was abusive, like I was an abusive monster. I think I'm one of the nicer showrunners that's ever been. Oh, pat yourself on the, yes. Jesus, yeah. Way to end up, way to end with that quote right there. I'm so nice when a lot of people are saying no. A lot of people are saying no. That's just what's happening. Then we got Ray Fisher right here. He tweeted this out today, but he wants no part of it. We're going to get more Ray Fisher after today because he realized what today was. Today is Martin Luther King Day. So he said, looks like Joss Whedon got a direct. (laughs) This is a good line right here. Props to... Cyborg right here. Looks like Joss Whedon got to direct an Endgame after all, dot, dot, dot. Cheers. High five. That's right. Burn. Cheers to that. Rather than address all the lies and buffoonery today, I'll be celebrating the legacy of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Tomorrow, the work continues. Bam. Zing. In your motherfucking Freckly face, Whedon. Yes. So, there you go, guys. I knew that was going to take a bit, and it did. A lot right there. A lot to unfold. That's not it, though, though, guys. That's really not it. There's somebody else. I mean, there's a, there's a whole, um, let's see, where is it at right here? Mm, I thought I had it queued up, but I didn't. Damn it, I thought I had it queued up. Oh, well. Oh, no, there it is right here. There's a whole thread right here, if you guys want to look at it. <laughs> Arden Lee, this is a woman that uh, had a relationship with Joss Whedon. She posted this right here. You know, she kind of just gave a little bit into uh, all this right here. Uh, What I most wanted people to know was that through my acceptance of him and my access to top-tier sex relationship education through my work, I offered Whedon the possibility of living this uh, non-monogamous, monogamous power exchange fantasies uh, ethically and uh, you know so basically what she's saying right here is like hey he he's very much not like this her you know this godlike figure he's very much a scared little but he wants everybody to assume that he's like this this I guess you could say godlike figure you know when it comes to women and stuff like that like okay, that's why he said that he felt like he had to sleep with these women and stuff like that it's just oh man All I can say is, like, hopefully, hey, if he's getting therapy, if he's going through some kind of stuff like that, power to him. Hopefully he can get rid of all that and maybe his new marriage can be all right. I mean, I'm sure after, I don't know if she's going to be reading this, his his new wife or something like that. But let's just say that, you know, when I saw people, you know, I saw people on the timeline saying, like, oh, watch, this is from Warner Brothers. They're going to, like, give him another project or something like that. I'm like, no, they're not. Get that out of your heads. Get that out of your heads. Warner Brothers has wants nothing to do with this. Trust me. But they're getting dragged, too, of course, which they should. They did bring them on. So they're going to get dragged. But Warner Brothers did not put this out. This was strictly a whole Whedon thing that was just, you know, it started in the spring. And then, uh, and then look what Steven had to say right here. Here, I'll bring it up. Yeah, because we were kind of talking about this. Um Stephen brought up, yeah, this is this is interesting right here. Oh, this thing would catch up. Why does this thing do this? Ugh, sorry, hold on. 
this like the little pop-up window here gets all wonky right here so this uh where's that uh, i can't even find it but you see what steven's thing is i don't know this thing gets all messed up at times um what Steven said right here, she's a pickup artist and a dom. He didn't want it to be known he was uh, with her because it would broadcast that he's a sub right there. So which is whatever. But the fact is he's embarrassed. But it's about it. And then it's funny. So there you go. He, he was very much embarrassed. He didn't want people to think that he was like submissive when it came to that. And to which I say, hey, it's OK, guys, to be submissive every now and again. OK, it's OK. Hey, let the woman, let the woman take charge every now and again. It's okay. It's okay. You know, let her toss you around the room every now and again. Why not? Doesn't have to be all the time. Now I'm just getting weird. Now it's just getting weird. We're already like an hour and fucking 27 minutes into this thing. And we're still on the first subject. (laughs) Ah, I'm just saying, but yeah. But yeah, you could read that thread too. Like I said, her, um, her name is, uh, Arden Lee. She has like a whole thread talking about him. So go check it out. I'm I'm, I'm calming down. Don't worry. I'm calming down. I'm calming down. Don't worry. Oh, I didn't realize I still had that up. What's going on? Yeah. What's going on, Michael? How you doing? But, yep, there you go, guys. So I I just, man, when it comes to some of the stuff that he said, I mean, the the, the thing, the calling Ray Fisher a bad actor, especially after we've all seen his performance in Justice League now. That's just unbelievable. Like, how do you, how does somebody do that? How does somebody do that? Like, how do you just say that? Especially when people are, you know, when you're trying to say that you're not racist, <laughs> not a good way to do it. And then the fact, I, I'm trying to understand, like, why they decided to post this on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Why? That just, to me, I'm like, that, that just baffles me. Like, you couldn't just wait a week? Like, wait a week. You know, you've had you've had these quotes, you've had this story, you've had it for a while. Did they just not think about it? You know, I mean, I mean, he's did he think like this was going to clear up his name? Is he that much of a narcissist that he thought this was? Oh, yeah, I could just say whatever the fuck I want and just it's going to clear my name. I'm going to start getting work. No, this made things so much worse. That's why I'm like, I'm glad it happened. I'm just today. It was just it was it was fun just to kind of sit back and see people just drag him check marks people who used to be fan like a fan of his people who used to like praise him and be like, oh, you know, and but I will say hopefully he gets the help that he needs. But hey, he could spend the rest of his life writing short stories for for, uh, you know, housewives who are bored. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to end up doing, but. I could tell you one thing that Warner Brothers definitely not going to fucking um, definitely not going to hire him again. OK, so get that out of your heads, because I know some people are like, watch, Warner Brothers is going to hire him. again." No, they're not. They don't want this bad press. Are you kidding me? Would not be surprised if Warner Brothers comes out and says something about this. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, of course, we're going to we're going to have something for Ray Fisher. I wouldn't expect Zach to really say anything and he doesn't need to. OK, what? I mean, his experience of what he went through when it came to Justice League, that justifies him not having to say any fucking thing. OK, that, that justifies. He doesn't need a comment about this. He doesn't need a he doesn't need this added stuff. He's about to shoot a, a big movie right now. He doesn't need this right now. OK, and I guarantee you, if I have him on again on, on the Vox stream, I'm not going to ask him about it. Definitely not going to. No, no. Fuck that. OK, it's all silliness. Jeez. 
Oh, no, yeah, yeah, I'm better than the <laughs> It's funny. Anyways, all right, so let's move on. Hopefully I covered that enough. Sorry for, you know, you know, taking so much time with that and, you know, flubbing some words and stuff, but, you know, I tried. A film junkie, you thought, have you thought about Matt Reeves? Oh, that'd be sweet. If I get Matt Reeves on, get, get the whole group on. But, hey, let's talk a little Batgirl right now. Let's talk a little Batgirl. Um... Let's see. Let me, uh, I mean, really just, if you're not found, we're just going to talk a little Batgirl and just, I'm just going to bring up some of the stuff on, uh, Batgirl, uh, movie news. You know, they're, they're covering everything to a T. We got videos from the set right here. That's happening in a snowy Gotham city. The only thing that sucks, it's, I mean, hopefully anytime that there's like a snowy like place, I'm always, I'm always hoping that it's actually cold. So you see the breath, it just adds to it. But look at this little crane shot right here. That's pretty cool. But check this out, guys. So remember the mural, the Batman and Robin mural. Remember this mural right here. So apparently, I don't know if that was a misdirection, which some people suspected it was a misdirection. But now we have a mural that actually has Michael Keaton's Batman on it. Look at this. This is actually Michael Keaton right there. I mean, obviously, it's referencing like a, you know, a shot from Batman Returns right here. I think. Yeah, I think it's Batman. Yeah, it should be Batman Returns. But yeah, now we have a mural right here. And I think Robin is still very much right here. So, yeah. Compliments to the photos right here. But yeah, they put like this, like uh, the Anarchy A right here in a, a cal. I don't know. It's weird. It's interesting. Very interesting. And then we have a uh, stunt performer on the set. I'm not going to show those because they're watermarked like crazy. I don't want to get crazy, but look at how adorable Leslie Grace looks as uh, Babs with glasses. I like it. I like the look. I like the look. And, of course, she's with uh, Alyssa Yu right here, her friend, comics right there. They're doing that. And there's a video of the uh, performance right there, you know. Yeah, Babs, <laughs> this is a good one right here because this is referring to Joss Whedon at one point. was. Yeah, can you imagine that? Can you imagine a Joss Whedon uh, Batgirl? Man, imagine the stories that would come out of there. Yeah, she definitely did dodge a bullet. Dodge the bullet. We got some snowy cars. There she is, looking good. Some video stuff right here. Uh, something right here with wigs, you know. But yeah, the mural was... I mean, obviously, it went from it went from like this mural to what this I don't know. See, but I always thought like this was just, uh, you know, somebody was just I don't know. I don't know exactly what they're doing. Maybe they changed it after they saw the Internet hoopla. I don't know. It's very interesting. Very, very interesting. So, but yeah, that's what's happening on Batgirl set right there. I mean, that's why they that's why they re revealed the costume, because they knew that they were going to be doing videos or they were going to be doing uh shooting they were going to be shooting her or the performer at least in the costume and uh again though guys it's going to have it's going to have a second costume gotta remember that this is very much homemade we get what they're going for if you don't like it it's fine it's fine if you don't like it it's cool you don't have to like it not everybody's gonna like every costume reveal but hopefully you know hopefully people will be more in line and be happier with the new Batgirl costume that she's eventually going to get from, I guess, Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne. I'm still kind of curious of like how he fits into this world exactly. But uh, I mean, I guess like, again, we're going to find out when it comes to the Flash. So, yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Batgirl forever. There you go. It's stupid. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> Batgirl supposed to be 
black, not purple. See, I don't get that. I don't get that argument. There's people that don't like the purple, and I'm going, what the fuck? Like, half the costumes have been purple. <laughs> I've had purple in it. I don't understand that. I don't understand that because the first time I ever saw Batgirl was on the 66 show, and it had the purple kind of color to it. That's why I don't get that. When people are com complaining about the purple, that's very much part of, that's been a part of her costumes. Yeah, it's not always been her costume. Sure, I get that. But it's very much been a, a part of the costume. That's what I, I, I'm like not understanding that at all. Holy shit. Somebody got hurt on, uh, on the Cardinals really badly. Or he, wow. His neck is in a brick. Wow, I didn't see this being hauled off in a stretcher. Poor guy. That sucks. Anyways, purple. There's nothing wrong with what's wrong with purple. It's not even like a deep. It's a it's a deep purple. That's what it is. You know, it's a deep purple. Sorry, I was thinking of the band Deep Purple. Forgive me. I go off on tangents a lot. Forgive me. Okay. <sighs> Andrew Garfield, this lovable motherfucker. Um, he's been doing some talking now. He's been doing a lot of talking, I, I, I guess you could say. Um, this is, uh, this is a cool, uh, well, first off, he was on, um, Josh Horowitz, um, podcast right here, Happy, Sad, Confused. And we got Andrew Garfield right here talking about, you know, when he was keeping it a secret that he was in Spider-Man, No Way Home. So here's, uh, here's the little exchange right here. Are Mark and Emma, like, were they plugged in? Like, did you ever talk to them? Have they, do you know if they've seen the movie? Like, is that, like, what's their awareness of this? His smile, man. Emma kept on texting me and she was like, are you in this new Spider-Man film? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. What? You're still blowing up. a lie to everybody. She was like, shut up. Just tell me. I'm like, I honestly don't know. What, I kept it going even with her. It's hilarious. To the end? You never admitted to Emma? No. And then she and then she saw it. She was like, you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, OK. So I love the fact that they still have a, a friendly relationship, which leads me to believe that if they and I think they will, it, they'd be stupid not to to have Amazing Spider-Man three to have a storyline where his Spider-Man finds Spider-Gwen. OK, we're not going to do the Sinister Six thing anymore because they fucking they fucked all that up. Have a story where you're going to have some villains, but then you can also have Spider-Gwen show up somehow. That would be sweet. I think they should really go for the Spider-Gwen thing. Really go for the Spider-Gwen thing. Uh, and then there's this article right here. Andrew Garfield really wants to return with Tobey Maguire in a future Marvel movie. So uh, he talks about this, too, where he wants, of course, to I mean, we know how much he had uh, a good time after spending the better part of six months denying any involvement with the with the film uh, at all. Garfield recently opened up on just how special it was to suit up in his amazing Spider-Man in the MCU following seven year hiatus with the role from sharing the iconic line uh, that he improvised, which, of course, is like, I love you guys. And on the set and touching emotional scene of Zendaya's uh, MJ. The veteran superhero actor was overjoyed to finally come clean about the film. And, uh, yeah, thankfully Garfield has ideas, and this is what he had to say right here. Also on this, the same podcast, uh, star uh, Andrew Garfield expressed an interest in reuniting with uh, Spider-Man actors Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland uh, in, a in a Marvel project. Looking back on their time 
together in the Spidey threequel. Garfield described the trio's three-brother dynamic as juicy and shared that he'd love to work with both stars again if given the opportunity. He also touched on wanting to uh, savor the moment with the fans for the time uh, being and reaffirmed how humbled and grateful he is how fans have responded to the movie. And also, I would love to continue working with Toby and, and with Tom. I think that kind of three-brother dynamic is so juicy, to be honest, man. I'm going to just honestly say I'm so happy and satisfied and grateful to be a part of this. It's hard to want more right now. I'm really just kind of trying to savor the moment with the fans and with the audience and just kind of say thank you. And I just feel very humbled and grateful for the response. Yes, we love you, sir. We love you. And also, also, guys, there's like, I don't have the quote right here, but he also mentioned that it would be a pretty cool idea if his Spider-Man took on Tom Holland's Venom. Remember, there was that joke in No Way Home that he had not fought of an alien. But, you know, Toby and Tom have fought aliens when it comes to their Spider-Man. So who knows if that's going to happen? Who knows if that's like what Feige and Pasco want to do? Who knows? I mean, it seems like when it comes to Venom, yes, Seems like Tom Hardy's Venom would probably fit a little better in uh well, I mean if you look at the if you look at the mid credit scene, and we know that that uh Flash uh, not Flash, Jesus Christ. Um what's his name? Jesus Christ, uh totally drawn a blank. Why did I almost say Flash? Um Um Jesus Christ, somebody help me out, my brain is not working right now. Um when it comes to Tom Hardy's uh you know, Jesus Christ, yeah, somebody, come on, you know. Please tell me. I'm like drawing a blank on the name right now. Somebody help me out. But, you know, we, when we saw the mid-credits scene, Brock, Eddie Brock, Jesus Christ. Man, I hate it when my brain does that. And I just like can't pull the name right out there. It's like always right there. Just come on. It's right there. Get off my tongue. Jeez. Anyways, Eddie Brock, when he disappeared back to his world and left a little bit of the symbiote, that, that could be good for Tom. Tom Holland, Spider-Man. We can play with that there, but it's like, all right, now that he's going back to his universe, why not just have, why not just have Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker take on this, this uh, version of Venom, you know, this version of Venom. So now I'm not lit. No, I'm not. This is all, this is like my very first cup of uh, wine right here. Now cup, <laughs> glass of wine, Jesus Christ. No, but uh, I just, for some reason, I was like, I could not remember his name right there. I just had that mental block. Come on, you guys, you guys have been watching for a while. You know that always happens to me. My brain just goes, what? Nope, 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 nope. It's all that Joss Whedon fucking talk that got me all fucked up. Uh, how would Venom get to New York? See, that's the thing. That's the question right there, Darren. How would he get to New York? That's the question. So that would be interesting. So I don't know. We'll see. But I'm just glad he's so happy with it. I'm just glad he's so happy with it. Okay. Did they show the Moon Knight trailer yet? <laughs> Did we get it? I haven't been paying attention. Do we have it yet? Uh, let's see. Do we have the Moon Knight trailer? Are we doing this here? Yes, we got it, right? Ah, there it is. All right, cool. I'm glad. I was like, I was like, wait, I, 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 I've been freaking reading off that goddamn article so much that I didn't even check. All right. 
Not that. Don't do that. Oh, boy. All right. So let's do this theater mode. All right. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and react to this Moon Knight trailer here. Like, I'm not too... I'm not too familiar with the uh, I'm not too familiar with the um, the character so much, but uh, you know, just reading up on on the character. I mean, it sounds very intriguing. Sounds a little more adult than what Marvel Studios is. And of course, there was some teasing when it came to certain characters in the Eternals. So very much intrigued by what's going to happen here. And of course, I love Oscar Isaac. Come on, how do you not how do you not love Oscar Isaac? So all right, let's react to uh, let's watch this trailer. Right, meow. Hello, and welcome to Staying Awake. I have a sleeping disorder. I can't tell the difference between my waking life and dreams. Hello, and welcome to Staying Awake. Jesus Christ. That was intense. I'm losing it. We'll catch you on. You're bloody useless. Stevie. Steven. Uh, I can't tell the difference between my eyes and dreams. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Oh, Jesus Christ. Lost the contact lens. Hope you find it. Thanks. <laughs> I like the accent. That's cool. Yeah. Nice flip phone. Oh my god, you're alive. What's wrong with you, Mark? Why did you call me Mark? Oh, hi, Mark. It must be very difficult. There he is. Voice in your head. There's chaos in you. Okay, okay, okay. I am digging the shit out of this right now. Embrace the chaos. Nice. Batman style, bitch. There it is. Yes. Okay, okay. I am so fucking up for that. Wow, that looks really good. I was already up for it. I mean, no matter what, but Jesus Christ, that was... Wow, that's really good right there. I'm dig I'm digging it. Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, he's British. Yeah, he's got the accent, so... Yeah, that was pretty good. Ugh, that looks good. Yeah, all right, it seems like everybody's uh pretty much uh on board with that. That looked really good. I like the whole psychological aspect of it, the insomnia and seeing things and the reflections and stuff like that. I love shit like that. I love that kind of stuff. And it's Oscar Isaac. It's Ethan fucking Hawk, too. That's the thing. We got two powerhouses that are going to be starring in this thing. And it's going to be like psychological and crazy and dark, you know, and then he's, you know, beating the shit out of someone very Batman-esque. And I'm like, yes, and he's leaping Ugh, with the moon. I mean, come on. Yes. Yes, music was, you know, the music fit too. So, all right, I'm totally digging that, man. I think that's going to be a winner. Thank God, you know, jeez. You know, I mean, because you always worry like how dark, I mean, I don't know how dark it's actually going to be, but, you know, I think that's pretty, that's relatively dark. So, digging that. So, I am big time hype for that. 
big time hype for that. He was beating a werewolf. Oh, didn't even notice that. Oh, you're right, huh? He was beating a werewolf, wasn't he? Let's see. Let me go back. Because that's going to be, uh, obviously, they, they already talked about that, right? They already talked about that aspect of it. Yeah, you're right. He is beating a werewolf. Yep, yep, yep. You're definitely right. Definitely beating a werewolf, so. Dig it. Thank God. No stinger. Jo- oh, th- right, Stephen. Jeez, no stinger joke. No, like, oh, you have to have that, you know, joke very much before they, you know, show the credits or whatever the hell. Thank God. Ooh, thank God. I think the Rams have this one, by the way. I think the Rams are good. Uh, the Rams are going to the, you know, they're moving on. Just looking at this right now. All right. So we've got all the topics. Let's go ahead and um, look at some uh, Twitter questions. See what you guys have to say about all this. What questions do you guys have? All right. Here we go. Uh, Captain Gator Girl, not a question, just a cute story of my first dog, Bailey. He was born in a litter of four puppies, and his brothers' names are Martin, Luther, and Junior. Nice. Bailey's original name was King. They were born Martin Luther King Jr. Day, 1997. Aw, that's a great story. I like that. Gator Girl, a.k.a. Nicole Ashley. That's funny. I, my, my cousin is named Nicole Ashley also. Edward. Hey, Dave, with Peacemaker's first three episodes debuted last week, it's been word uh, we are going to see a giant worm in the show to me, what if Mr. Mind is behind the butterflies? Yeah, he was introduced, right? Already. So, anyways, this show has my attention. And what could possibly come even with the this week's episode? I know. I mean, I'm not I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I was hesitant at Peacemaker at, at first, but now after watching the three episodes, I'm kind of I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. Do I love it? No. I enjoy it? Sure. How do I hate it? No. So it's so great. So you might be on to something there. You might be on to something there. It could be. Could be. I don't know. We'll see. Mr. Eric M. Blake, leaving aside how, speaking with my bachelor's in uh, political science, the dits writing the article has clearly no idea what fascist means. Of course, a lot of people don't know what fascist means nowadays. Could someone please explain exactly why Whedon waited to say Jack about Justice League until now. I know, right? I hate to tell you this, Whedon, but the time for this CYA interview was years ago. Doing it at all this late after the Snyder Cut is out have received a much better uh, in mass uh, reaction. It doesn't just... It doesn't just look desperate. It looks stupid, pathetic, and pointless. It definitely does. I agree with you, sir. Joss Whedon is a prick. Joss Whedon is a prick. Hashtag Joss Whedon is a prick. Clement, didn't know about this. Did you know about this? If not, the testing, the test screening sheds a different story. Uh, Okay, uh, I was, oh yeah, this is one of the, uh, when it comes back to uh, test screens, and this is a, by the way, congrats, Stephen, with this uh, viral tweet, posting that with the screenshots. I mean, this one, everybody was like, yep, yep, yep. This went all over the place. Okay, I was uh, both 
the test screening with incomplete VFX and the red carpet premiere for Justice League. I was there too. I didn't get in, but you know, I can assure you there was no complaints about Ray Fisher's acting at all. The cut I saw first had way more Ray Fisher scenes and they were great. Fuck Joss Whedon. So there you go. Testimony right there from somebody who saw a test screening. I don't think it was the Snyder cut though. I think it was test screenings when it came to Whedon already doing fuckery. Comic Brooks. Hey, Dave. So regarding uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, what would you like to see if we get uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 3? I already said it. I would like to see him find Spider-Gwen in the multiverse. That's what I'd like to see. And I wouldn't mind seeing a little Venom, too. You know, a little Venom as well. Bonus, same thing. But for uh, Spider-Man 4 with Toby. Um, I'd like to see Toby like, uh, be a mentor to Miles. You know, maybe something like that. See what is, what life's like with MJ being in his mid-40s. Maybe like an old man. Old man Peter. Steven Brody. Hey, Dave. Hope all is well. All is pretty well. My question is, is what capacity do you think Keaton and a possible Robin will play in the Batgirl film? And what kind of role would you personally want for each? Well, I hope there is a Nightwing. I hope there is something like that. But, I mean, I just, I'm so confused on how all this works, you know, especially since we have J.K. Simmons Gordon. So I just want that question to be answered first before I start thinking about all that. That's that's just kind of where I'm at. You know, I'm just confused. I'm like, how, if Batman hasn't existed and then another Batman shows up in this world from another multi, another universe, that's what I'm more curious about. Uh, VF, do you think Joss Whedon has a future in Hollywood after his behavior? No! Maybe maybe in some kind of indie fashion. I would not be surprised if he'll get some indie work, but no major studio will touch him. No major studio will touch him. I think maybe indie work, who knows? Yeah. Joss Wiley trying to make a comeback. Yes, he very much is Wiley Coyote. Very much. Cooper Knox. And just like that, ScarJo's praises of Joss Whedon have aged like expired sour cream. Yes, I know. Um, she, yeah, a- anybody should just, everybody who, and I'm not saying, I mean, maybe she had a good experience with Joss Whedon. Okay, but you should probably not mention that anymore. But then again, you know, that was like last year during Black Widow's uh, press junkets. <sighs> PSU Fan 5, why do you think they picked today to release this story, and do you expect Zack Snyder to respond to the accusations? I do not. I think Zack should just stay out of it, as he has, and not mention anything about it. That's the best idea. He's preparing for Rebel Moon. He should not really say anything. I mean, if he ends up throwing, you know, if he... The only response from Zach that I would like to see is just maybe him praising Ray Fisher again. That's all. If he posts, if he posts an image of Ray, posts an image of them on the set or them behind the scenes, if he does something like that, that's all I, that's all I would need right there. That's it. I don't need him to mention anything else about this. Ryan, if you uh, were forced by gunpoint to hire Joss for one future project to direct. What would it be for Marvel and DC? How fucking dare you? <laughs> Why? Why would you do that to me? I'm not gonna. No, no. I don't. I don't even. Eh, 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 eh. 
Nah. Nah. Just shoot me. <laughs> Just shoot me. Shoot me between the eyes. Comic Brooks. Okay, okay. One more, I promise. This one is one I've had for a while. Do you think any if the ca- any of the cast from the Avengers have had a bad experiences in report? Yes, I, I'm pretty sure somebody had to. If, you know how much pressure? I mean, maybe not with the first Avengers, but I would not be surprised with the second Avengers. He probably had a lot of stress from uh, Marvel Studios and whatnot. I'm sure there was something. <laughs> but I know I said one per episode, but fuck it, Eric. You know, we'll, 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 I'll read them all off. Uh, Port. What's the good chance of Ray getting more roles since speaking out against Warner Brothers other than the occasional project and Comic-Con appearances? Well, I hope, I hope he gets more roles. You know, I know we all would love for Zach to cast him in Rebel Moon or anything. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, sadly, with the whole thing, I mean, it, it, yeah, it did it did put a dent in his career. But, I mean, at least he's still kind of working, you know, a little bit. And he's very much prepared to still work the way he has worked. So, but I really hope that he does get more roles. But I, I, I hope the, um, I hope the studio just doesn't, the studios don't just completely ignore him after all this. Jonathan, can you separate the art from the artist? Well, we do that with Brian Singer. <laughs> I mean, we do, right? I mean, Brian Singer is a fucking piece of shit too, right? But we still praise those X-Men films. I mean, I, I uh, even recently I had Days of Future Past, Days of Future Past on, and I can't help but like not think that that's a great fucking movie. I mean, it's that's yeah. So sometimes you can, sometimes you can just do that. It can be hard, but you know. Uh, Kevin, Batman fan, since the Batman is rated PG-13, do you think there will be a rated R director's cut release on Blu-ray and HBO Max? That would be sweet. I feel the film was originally going to be rated R, but Warner Brothers forced Reeves to make a PG-13. I mean, it's going to be a hard PG-13. And again, even when it comes to Batman vs. Superman, the ultimate cut, even though it was rated R, did it really feel like an R-rated movie? It didn't feel like an R-rated movie to me. What, with the extra blood in it? That was about it. And may you know. Even Zack Snyder Justice League, you know. It's just with, you know, you had the F-bombs for school. And uh, Andrew Casali, today is Jim Carrey's 60th birthday. What's your favorite role? My favorite role is Ace Ventura. It would always be Ace Ventura. And The Mask, but I also love The Riddler. I mean, every role he, he's in is always fantastic. But yeah, happy birthday. But I would say Ace Ventura is uh, probably my favorite role of, uh, of uh, Mr. Jim Carrey right there. All right, guys. Holy shit. Going on two hours here. Ugh. Ugh. I need some dinner in me. I'm freaking starving now. Man, we're exuding all this energy and whatever. And all I can say is, let's keep our heads up, guys. Joss Whedon sucks. This uh, this article that happened today only hurt his career more or hurt him more than anything. And, uh, you know, Ray Fisher's going to probably drop some more stuff. Maybe somebody else will drop some more stuff. I don't know, but, you know, this was crazy. This was crazy, but thank you guys for sticking with me this whole time. It's been a lot of fun, of course. Make sure you smash that like thumbs up before you leave. Subscribe to the channel. Become a member if you want to become a member. I do members-only streams, of course, every Tuesday after the shows. And then, of course, there's the Patreon if you want to help out the pirate ship. I try to put some exclusive stuff on there. More exclusive stuff is coming. And then, of course, the Film Chunky Closet if you want to get some shirts. And all of that goodness right there. 
But other than that, guys, I'll see you guys tomorrow at the same junkie time, same junkie channel. I'll see you guys uh, tomorrow, right, guys? Talk to you later. Mm -hmm.